Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner coming in hot. Garrett Wilson, here he goes. Goodbye and hello end zone. And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to answer some mailbag questions with our friend who hosts Pace's Playbook over at playlikeajet.com. She also is the director of social media for the Connecticut Sun in the WNBA. Kayla Pace, the queen. Queen Kayla, welcome back. Thank you, Scott, as always. I know you were under the weather. How are you feeling now? We're getting better. We're crawling out of that hole. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the Jets can do the same after what happened against the New England Patriots at home, a game that a lot of people thought they were going to win, and we'll answer some questions about the aftermath and all of that. But first, let's talk about the news that went down today really quickly. Nothing too crazy. A lot of people thought that Elijah Moore might get traded. He did not. A lot of people thought the Jets might trade for an offensive lineman. They did not. Instead, the only trade that went down is Jacob Martin gets traded along with a 2024 fifth-round pick for a 2024 fourth-round pick to the Denver Broncos. This really is more of a move of Joe Douglas being able to add an extra premium pick in a future draft while trading away a player that the Jets really didn't need. They have a surplus on the defensive line. Jacob Martin takes up snaps that could go to Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson, who is coming back from injury. So that's really all this is about. 
A lot of people said Martin's been disappointing, and I suppose that's true, but ultimately he had a couple of sacks. He was what he was, a rotational pass rusher that they no longer needed. So they move up a little bit in the 2024 draft, clear some salary, makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty reasonable thing to watch go down. I mean, not like flashy or exciting, but again, it's another move that makes sense. Something that you look at and you're like, okay, yeah, Joe Douglas knows what he's doing still. So, um, I mean, I would have loved to see something that could have made a difference on the field this season. Um, at least just like a piece that would be something that could be added right now. But um, I'm sure whatever Joe Douglas ends up doing with this moving up in the draft pick, we'll be happy about it eventually. So let's see where it goes. Well, Kayla, along those lines of moves they could have made, first question comes in from Humble Boogs. He asks, should the Jets have traded for an offensive tackle? Tough to say. It really depends on what the asking price was. Now, the Browns ended up winning on Monday night, so my understanding is that it was going to be very difficult to get them to make a trade if they improved to 3-5 and five because they would still feel like they were in it with Deshaun Watson coming back in a couple of weeks. So Jack Conklin might have been a target who they no longer could get. I also heard that the Browns were going to be looking for Something in the neighborhood of a third-round pick for Conklin. I don't know that Joe Douglas was willing to pay that. I think the problem comes down to who are you going to get? Maybe Andre Dillard for a day three pick. Do you think he's better than Max Mitchell, who should be back soon? Do they think he's better than George Fant, who should be back sometime in the next couple of weeks? Do they think that he would be an improvement over Cedric Abuhe, who played this past Sunday? These are all questions that I can't tell you for sure. As far as Laramie Tunsil, I just think that A, the Texans would have asked for too much, and B, more importantly, he makes a lot of money. The Jets don't have a ton of cap space right now. So, yeah, it would have been nice to see them at a tackle. Andre Dillard would have made some sense, I think, but I don't really know how they felt about him. But ultimately, I understand why a move wasn't made. It just seems like the price for the guys that people were talking about, if they were even available, because I'm not sure that Conklin was, was a little too steep. Yeah, I think that um, it wasn't, like you said, not necessarily surprising. Um, I was a little bit disappointed simply because, you know, you see Brees Hall go down, you see an immediate trade for James Robinson, and you're like, okay, like, they're in win-now mode. Like, this is this is important to be adding to this particular roster. And so to add no one else, especially after kind of a uh, a disappointing result on Sunday, um, kind of felt like it didn't line up with that with that mindset. But again, Joe Douglas is not someone to overpay. And um, if if those guys were on the market for a price, like you said, Scott, that was not reasonable, then he's not just going to go full trade away all the picks. I mean. The Jets are a much improved team that are in a spot to still make the playoffs if they keep up the like, the rate at which they're going. If you take out Sunday, I just mean the rate at which they were winning. Um, but there's still clearly some places where they could improve. So the future picks are needed. They're not at a spot where they can just toss picks into the wind and say, oh, that's fine. We're set. We really only need one or two more things, and then we're 100% sure. So, yeah, I think holding on to those picks, not giving up too much, being aware of the team's current financial situation, like if they're confident in the guys they have on the roster, then that's great. I hope that they come back and play to the level that brings the Jets to the playoffs. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Alex Lee. He asks, what's the best place to cry? (laughs) My recommendation, if you feel like crying, is get in the car, drive to Kew Gardens, go to Danny's House of Pizza, get yourself a pesto slice and a cheese slice, You'll be so happy with the taste of the pizza that you will no longer want to cry. Wow. See, I was just going to say bottle of red wine um, is (laughs) how you start that. And then you finish it with the cry. Next question comes in from David Yaffe. He says, in my mind, if the referees called a fair game this past Sunday, the Jets would have beaten the Patriots. It's so frustrating that Jets fans always seem to get screwed by the referees. I've talked about this. I said it on the show Sunday with Andy Vasquez. We can all talk about this till we're blue in the face, but the reality is John Franklin Myers launched himself at Mac Jones after Jones released the ball. I know he didn't hit him that hard. I know it wasn't that big of a deal, but in today's day and age, that's going to get called every time. The players know it. The coaches know it. That's why Robert Salas said after the game in the press conference that John Franklin Myers has to be better, and it was unfortunate, but I placed the blame for that on John Franklin Myers. Just my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a, that was tough to watch, that, that particular penalty, and it definitely was a was a shift, I guess, in the momentum, but I, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that Jets team versus that Patriots team, officiating aside, it should have never come down to one call that that was officiated poorly, if, if that's how you feel it went down. I mean, like, watching those two teams this season, the Jets should have not needed one call to go their way to have a shot at winning that game. I mean, it, uh, at the reality of it is, is they threw the ball over too much, and 
the offense did not do what it should have done, in my opinion. So you look at that, and it's easy to say, oh, man, we were just that that one call away. But that's not a spot that the Jets should have ever been in, in my opinion. Next question comes in from Ben Haug. He asks, should the Jets have traded Elijah Moore? Before I answer that, I should say that with the way things are going, if you want to pick Elijah Moore, when you take two to five players over on the daily fantasy matchups with the player projections over at prizepicks.com, I would say go beneath the player projection. You don't want to be going too high with Elijah Moore because he hasn't really been producing for a variety of reasons. Some of them his fault, some of them external, like Zach Wilson and perhaps Michael Floor in the game plan. But as you know, if you go to prizepicks.com and you pick two to five players, you go up against their player projections. If you're right in terms of them doing better or worse than their player projections, you can get up to 10 times the amount of money you put in. You only play against the player projections. You do not play against other people. You can do football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever it is you want. Prizepicks.com has it. Use the promo code PLAJ. When you sign up and you will get your first deposit matched up to a hundred bucks. So if you put in a hundred bucks, they'll match you a hundred bucks, put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Just go to prizepicks.com and use the promo code PLAJ and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. As far as whether or not the Jets should have traded more, my answer to that is no. And here's why. Unless somebody was going to offer a first round pick, and if that happened, then maybe you can consider it. I guess it's possible considering the fact that the Bears inexplicably gave up a second round pick for Chase Claypool, but you can't set the precedent that any player who just whines is going to get his way. People will reference Jamal Adams, but remember the reason that Joe Douglas traded Jamal Adams, who fully expected to be on this team, is that the Seahawks called and offered a crazy deal. They ended up offering two ones and a three for Jamal Adams. There was no way that Joe Douglas was going to turn that down. So with Elijah Moore, you're better off keeping him and hoping that it can work out with his talent than trading him on the cheap and sending the message to the locker room that anybody who stamps their feet and carries on like a child can get traded if they snap their fingers. That's just not the way that Joe Douglas is going to want to conduct business. He wants to show the players that he and Robert Sal are in control. So unless somebody paid up with a price heavy enough for Joe Douglas to justify it, it would have been a bad idea for the Jets to trade Elijah Moore. Yeah, and I think I, I told this story already on this podcast, but then the last year, I mean, it was really made out to be that Elijah Moore was like the guy and he was going to be the guy for the offense, like mm-hmm. pre-draft, um, at, based on his production towards the end of the season. And like, I I told one of my friends, like, I don't know about taking Garrett Wilson in your fantasy league. I think it's going to be Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. And obviously I was wrong, but like, I just think that based on the hype that's been around him in the past and the expectation that was held on his shoulders kind of heading into this season, like, I think it's more than just Elijah Moore through a temper tantrum, we should trade him. Like, it was pretty clear to me that he was supposed to be, like, an integral part of how this team was built out. And, like, they really were valuing him for future purposes. Like, I think that starting off this season in um, a slump, however you want to swing it, whether it's because of Zach, because of the coordinators, because of something he's done, like whatever reason it is that he's not getting as many targets or as, as much production as he'd like to, like that doesn't seem, or at least didn't to me, 
that that was going to be a long-term problem. I think that like, you know, when Corey Davis got hurt, everyone just assumes, okay, there's going to be more Elijah Moore, but it just, it lined up with, with uh, him saying he wanted to be traded. So it's like, it seems though, as though that the team was built out for the purpose of Elijah Moore being a long-term piece. I don't think a stretch of like five or six games where he's not happy with how many times the ball's been thrown to him is going to get him traded if he's such a part of the plan. And so now you have to hope that the attitude improves and more plays are drawn up around him. They can reach a, a point where all parties are happy and this conversation doesn't have to come up again. But no, I, I don't think that Elijah was seen as such an expendable piece, like you said, Scott, without like a big price. So no, he was never going to be considered to be traded. They have to try to work that out because he's part of their plan. Next question comes in from Gus Toon. He says, hey, Scott and Kayla, not going to waste your time with another question about Zach Wilson. Instead, I'd like to know, with DeBrickashaw Ferguson finally making it into the Ring of Honor, which player or players would you like to see in there next? Ooh, I really like this question. So there's a variety of different answers I could give, but I'm going to give you two names just off the top of my head. If I sat here for a while, I'm sure I could come up with a bunch of others. The first name that comes into my head as far as somebody that should be in the Jets Ring of Honor is one of the best offensive linemen they ever had who recently passed away, and that is Marvin Powell, who was an excellent tackle for many years for the New York Jets. Also, I think Mickey Schuler would be a really good addition. He's the best tight end they ever had. Excellent tight end. You could also make a case for Wayne Corbett or Lavernius Coles. I think Sean Ellis certainly should get consideration, but I would say Marvin Powell and Mickey Schuler are the two guys that I would go with next. I think they were both excellent. They both played for the Jets for a really long time, and they're both overdue to be inducted into the Jets' ring of honor. Yeah, I mean, hey, DeBrickashaw would have been my top pick, and they're really doing well this season, I think, with like the clean sweep of like, hey, these are the really obvious guys of recent memory that deserve that spot. Um, I mean, with, with Revis, Brick, and Nick Mangold, I mean, as a because you know i'm i'm 26 so i have a a limited viewing experience of very quality jets teams and players (laughs) so um i would say though that like like if i had to think back like okay like childhood who stood out to me who was like who, who were the guys that that were the big ones and like those three were covered this season so for me i mean i i was crushed that i couldn't make the to brick a shot ring of honor ceremony because that was my favorite player um I, I always loved like the fact that he never missed a practice a game uh almost a snap so uh he was he was my guy but um crossing my fingers that i could be there for revis um god and i'm hoping there's guys on this current team that will eventually make it there i love what the brickishaw ferguson said during his speech at halftime when he was getting inducted, he said, if I learned anything from my years of playing football, it said, if I show up every day and do my best, good things will happen. And they certainly did for a decade for the Brickishaw Ferguson. Next question comes in from Nicholas 13. He asks, is Mims better than Moore and is Braxton Berrios too involved in the offense? No and no. <laughs> yep. yep. That's the stuff. Next question comes in from Harry Wismer's ghost. He asks, 
The Jets are 5-3 and three and still relevant in November. Why doesn't it feel more fun? I think because there's this sense that the air is coming out of the tire. You see Zach Wilson giving the answers that he gave at the press conference after throwing three interceptions and the Jets blowing a game at home against the Patriots. You see Robert Sala having some confusing answers at the presser. We see what's going on with Elijah Moore. There's a bunch of injuries, including Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker, the two best players on the Jets' offense. The Jets have the Bills coming up two more times. They've got to play the Dolphins again. They've got to go to Foxborough. So there's this sense that the second half of the season, there is going to be a major regression and the Jets aren't going to do as well as they did in the first half of the season. I think that's a big part of why people don't feel like the Jets have done as well as they've done so far because they can see the writing on the wall. Now, that doesn't mean that the Jets can't maintain a winning record and still get into the playoffs, but I think it was a lot more fun when Brees Hall was here, when Elijah Vera Tucker was here, before Elijah Moore started causing problems, before Zach Wilson was causing a ton of turnovers, and so on and so forth. So the negativity has sort of seeped in over the last couple of weeks, and I think that's why it doesn't feel as fun. Jets fans are not going to be happy, and they shouldn't be, until they stop dropping winnable games against the Patriots. Like, there's no reason to lose that game with this Jets roster versus that Patriots roster. I mean, that game was a huge disappointment, and you can't go in to the big, important, exciting games. And I heard it all week. Oh, this might be the biggest Jets regular season game in, in seven, eight years. Okay, so that, that's why it doesn't feel good, because that game was totally blown. Like, it, it just it should have never been that close. The Jets have the tools, and it just is, it's unfortunate to see that that's how it played out. It was a couple boneheaded mistakes that ended that game for the Jets. And, like, it's it's always going to be, like, those rivalry games. Like, the running joke at South Carolina is, oh, we could go 1-11, but if we beat Clemson at the end, then that's a successful season. Like, I don't – like, I feel like Jets fans – have a similar sentiment towards the Patriots where it's like, hey, like, if we can end this awful losing streak that has gone on for too long, we'll be good. Like, that, that's that's a victory in itself. But now you're looking at this season. They went from 5-2 and two to now 5-3 and three after, a, after a game that they had every possibility and capability of winning. And then you got Bills by Patriots on the road. Like that's looking like it's going from five and two to five and five real quick. And I know that sounds super negative, but that that's what the the feeling is after watching that game. Because if the Jets play like that again next week and you see the similar performance, they're not beating the Bills. And clearly, like they can't do the same thing against Patriots again when they've already lost against them and expect to win. So something something has to change, something has to be stepped up and I know people are saying, oh, it's one isolated, like, bad game where, where Zach didn't perform. He wasn't a good game manager. And if that's going to be his role, then fine. But again, like I said earlier, just because this was the game where he turned the ball over a ton doesn't mean that the, some of the mistakes that he was making have not been a consistent point throughout the season. So there's got to be a jump in in the quarterback play as the most glaringly obvious but no, like things are things are not perfect. And either way, even if Zach played a perfect game against the Patriots and a perfect game against the Bills, 
you still might not beat the Bills at that, at that point. Hmm. So the Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL. That's why it doesn't feel good right now, because mm-hmm. the stretch that they're approaching has a real good chance of humbling them very quickly. And it just like what it feels like at this point, And I hope this is wrong. And I hope that they have some plan where they pull off some incredible win against the Bills. And then again, against the Patriots. Cool. But it does feel like this point is like the first domino to fall. I don't even know if it's necessarily on the whole second half of the season it's about okay we're coming into this stretch five and two are we going out still with a winning record are, are we going out at 500 we're going to be five and five at the end of this little this little point where it's division rivals and the division is tight the queen kayla pace thanks so much for coming on and answering some mailbag questions with me really appreciate it for everybody that wants to follow you on social media, check out everything you're tweeting about the Jets. And, of course, your work with the Connecticut Sun. As I mention all the time, Season 2 of Coaching Kayla is right around the corner. And as we know, Kayla, you can't watch Season 2 of a show without getting caught up on Season 1 because then you're going to get lost. You're going to get confused. You're not going to have any idea what's going on. So tell everybody how they can watch those episodes, how they can follow you on social media, and check out everything you're tweeting about the Jets and about the Connecticut Sun. Yeah, absolutely. So my personal Twitter at KP underscore on underscore TV, you'll see all my Jets tweets there. Hopefully they're not as spicy this coming Sunday. Hopefully I don't need that level, but we'll see what happens. Um, And then, of course, my work accounts all at the Connecticut Sun. Uh, You can watch some some old coach and Kayla's if you're into it. Um, And, you know, Connecticut Sun are searching for a new head coach right now. So that announcement might be coming soon. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, so lots of good stuff coming there. A lot of fun, creative content. Um, but yeah, also as a social media manager, shout out to the Jets social team. They've been doing an unbelievable job, but if you want to catch what I'm working on at Connecticut sun on all platforms, Kayla, I'm about to break a story. I know you told this to me off the record, so I shouldn't be saying this on the show, but I have no choice. I have to break this scoop here on the podcast exclusively. The Connecticut Sun are not going to be hiring Steve Nash as their next head coach. So for anybody who was wondering, (laughs) it will not be Steve Nash. But check out everything Kale is doing over at KP underscore on underscore TV. She tweets about the Jets. She tweets about the Connecticut Sun. She tweets about the Mets. All that fun stuff. Make sure you follow her and check out all of her work. Also, check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under. Luke Grant has some fantastic All-22 breakdowns up. Watch our videos. Subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.